Woodstock and the Flower Children, the civil rights movement of the 1960s, the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, and the violent riots which followed, and of course, the death of Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper in a plane crash in Iowa in 1959. Just a few of the events that are allegedly referenced in Don McLean's 1971 song, American Pie. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile, but February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver, bad news on the doorstep. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride, but something touched me deep inside the day the music died. I say that those events are allegedly mentioned in the song because the fact is that Don McLean has always been quite tight-lipped about what the song actually means in its entirety. All that he has revealed in the nearly 50 years since that song was released is the identity of the musicians that are referenced in it, and most of those we could have already guessed. Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, The Beatles, and of course, the three killed in the plane crash. But even beyond that, the song is peppered throughout with these richly composed allegorical images which are known at the very minimum to be social and economic and political commentaries that reflect the world of the 1950s and 60s. American Pie, then, is a time capsule of sorts, albeit a very cryptic one. But strangely, it's the song that I've been thinking of all week as I've been praying about the readings we just heard, especially the portion of Psalm 105 that the choir offered earlier this evening. Because this psalm, too, is a time capsule and a much less cryptic one. This is a psalm that on the surface is telling a story, calling us back to a time in history. In this case, the story of the Exodus, the story of Moses, and the liberation of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. The psalmist recalls, Then sent he Moses his servant, and Aaron whom he had chosen. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs, yea, even in the king's chambers. Perhaps a word should be said about the psalms which features so prominently in our service of Evensong. Because each week we proclaim as part of our sharing of Scripture these psalms that are a part of the richness of the biblical tradition, they've long been a part of liturgical tradition, and especially our Anglican tradition. But the psalms are part of their very own rich tradition as well, internally, a tradition that's equal part story and song and scripture. Even in their occasional strangeness, and there are some very strange psalms among the 150, the psalms come into our tradition through that Jewish liturgical tradition. And indeed, it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who called the psalms the prayer book of Jesus. And in that prayer book, in that story and song and scripture, we lament, we pray, Father PJ pointed out in this morning's sermon that we complain. We give thanks. Sometimes we curse. 
We sing songs of procession and hymns of praise, and we explore that whole range of human emotion from irrational anger to pure joy and everything in between. They're the songs of the Jewish people. They're the prayer book of Jesus, and they represent the humanity that we find in ourselves when we live in God. And so a psalm like tonight's, one of the psalms of thanksgiving, is more than just a retelling of that story. It's a living expression of joy amidst trial. It's a window into the lived experience of the author. And it's an invitation to see ourselves in that story. Just like American Pie, it's a time capsule. It's a slice of life. It's a song that calls to mind the events that defined a generation and has continued to define the generations that have come after. So the psalm calls to mind not just the events of the Exodus, but the feelings and the significance and the impact of what has happened as a result of that story in the psalmist's own experience. And we're invited into it. In the first part of the psalm, not included in tonight's uh, uh, lection, the psalmist begins with unbridled joy. Here's why I'm doing this. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Tell the peoples what things he hath done. Just the same in American Pie, summing up all that he has experienced in the 1950s and 1960s, Don McLean begins his lament saying, something touched me deep inside the day the music died. The time capsule, the voice, the song, the psalm, the story of human experience. Which brings us to the second reading we heard tonight from the Gospel of Luke, which begins, Then the Lord appointed seventy others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. Well, we'll never know who these 70 people may have been. They're not, given, they're, they're not named in the story. Their role is clear. They're the advance team. They're the ones who are sent to make preparations for Jesus to travel to those various places. They're the ones who are sent ahead to see if Jesus will be received or rejected. They're the ones who are called and sent to serve in Jesus' name in anticipation of when we will all, later in that story, be sent into the world to serve in Jesus' name. Needless to say, the 70 are given a big task. And Jesus makes that clear. He makes no bones about it. You're going out into a world of wolves. You may be received, but you may also be rejected. If you're received, testify to them that the kingdom of God has come near to them. If you are rejected, testify to them that the kingdom of God has come near to them. And after some further instructions, which you can read at your leisure again, they're sent on their way. I don't know about you, but I would have found those instructions pretty inadequate. After all, this is pre-Holy Week. This is pre-resurrection. In Luke's Gospel, this is chapter 10. We haven't even gotten to the part about the parables with the lost coins and the lost sheep and the lost brothers and sons and all that. So these people in chapter 10 of Luke don't even have those stories to draw on. This is pretty early in the story. They don't have that. 
But what do they have? What can they do? They can testify to what they have seen and how it's impacted them. Like the psalmist singing the praises of God for their redemption from Egypt, they can testify and give praise to what they have seen and heard and experienced. They can invite others to be a part of that story, just like the psalmist and just like the artist. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Tell the peoples what things he hath done. After all this time that these 70 have been following him, Jesus gives them authority to do as they have seen him do, to teach, preach, heal, and ready the world for the kingdom of God, just by telling others what they'd seen, by declaring what they had witnessed in following Jesus. So they go out and do that. The story tells us they go out and do that. And when they come back in a beautiful twist, Jesus then testifies to them what he saw because of their faithfulness. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning, he tells them. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Tell the peoples what things he hath done. Don McLean ever tight-lipped about the meaning of his song, tried to explain it a few years ago, beyond just who the musicians mentioned in it are, by saying that really it's a song about lost innocence in a changing world. For him, the day the music died is the day that everything changed. For the 70 who were sent ahead to follow, sent ahead of Jesus to prepare those places, Maybe they weren't singing a song as they went from town to town, but they knew that story of lost innocence from living in a world controlled by empire. But they were seeing before their own eyes, in Jesus, the changing world. They could see the world being made new by the drawing near of the kingdom. And so they go from town to town and testify to it. Jesus sends us, too, to the places where he intends to go. Jesus invites us, too, to do as we have seen done in our own lives and to teach and preach and heal and ready ourselves and the world for the kingdom of God. To invite others into being a part of that story. To go out and sing the song that proclaims a changing world. To turn the lament of that broken hymn of humanity into unbridled joy whenever the kingdom of God has come near and touched the fabric of human experience, touched the fabric of our experience. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Tell the peoples what things he hath done. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.